Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I have an awesome guest with me this morning, Dr. Holly Gans. And Holly, you have a really interesting job, and, uh, and you have started a really fascinating company. Tell us more about who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Holly Gans, and I'm actually a microbial ecologist, which means that I studied interactions between microorganisms and animals. I did my PhD at UC Davis, and I founded Animal Biome about two years ago after spending nearly 20 years in academia studying these interactions between microbes and animals. I had been doing research where I found that many cats and dogs who suffer from chronic health conditions have poor gut health that can be detected from looking at the composition of gut bacteria. So I started the company to use the latest science on the gut microbiome to discover new ways to improve the health of cats and dogs. We're doing this in two ways. We offer a microbiome assessment kit so you can look at the diversity of gut bacteria in your cat and dog and see how they compare to healthy cats and dogs in our database. And then we actually have restorative supplements to try and reintroduce beneficial missing microbes that um, may have been lost. So wonderful. And part of the reason I was so excited to interview you is that I'm so passionate about trying to help veterinarians recognize how important the microbiome is for pets for all life. Uh, but because veterinarians, at least when I went to vet school, we were not educated about the risks of destroying microbiome and how easily that could happen with, especially with antibiotic abuse. So I really um, I'm so thankful that this has become, through your work, quite, you know, obviously you're passionate about gut health too, but how did you, my burning question, how did you get down the dog and cat path? I know that you're a dog and cat lover, of course, but did you just study them um, uh, because you wanted to learn more or did you have a personal experience with the pet or how did it come about? This is a great question because I used to work on insects and soil and zebras and all kinds of different systems before, but I guess as I got older, I really, I've always loved dogs and cats, always had them. And I decided I wanted to apply my research to improve the health of our companion animals as well. And, um, and so I um, actually took a research position at the, at the UC Davis Vet School and started looking at actually dog oral health and, and the role of microbes there. And from there, I got interested in what is, what is a normal, healthy gut for dogs and cats. And in order to figure that out, we actually did a Kickstarter called Kitty Biome. We just asked people, would they send us cat poop and pay us to sequence it? And we would just tell them what was there and see and if we could try and understand what's, what's normal. And what amazed me was that, that nearly 20% of the people who supported that research project had a cat with a chronic digestive condition. And they were really unhappy with what was being offered to them by their veterinarians today, which typically was steroids and antibiotics and these prescription diets. So that's really what got our start. And they really asked us to try and come up with new solutions to help them. Well, it's certainly hugely impaired. The work that you're doing is phenomenal. And of course, from my perspective, the sequencing is interesting, but it's that restorative component that's so important. So I have two big questions about that. Number one, how did you? Was it just through, I mean, how, I know your, your history is, is, is in differentiating like good bacteria from bad bacteria, but how did you, when you started collecting these samples, were they in like kibble fed pets or raw fed pets? Like how did you, does, how much does food play into what you're seeing? And then how did you determine kind of a sick gutted animal from a healthy gutted animal when you're just looking at different species or colonies? How did, 
Is it just uh, with your database growing, you were able to differentiate healthy from unhealthy? Well, in some ways it turned out to be very obvious that we found that many of these, these cats and now dogs with chronic digestive problems had really depleted um, compositions of gut bacteria. So we were using sequencing to look at that. Um, and this was also the working with these, this community, I started to interact with people who were very passionate about raw feeding and the fact that cats are obligate carnivores and that a lot of the diet that's being made available commercially isn't appropriate. And we could actually see the benefit of these other diets from looking at the composition of gut bacteria. So it's sort of twofold. Both we could see that there is a problem for the sick ones, but also that these better diets are making a difference. That's awesome, uh, and I didn't realize that you were that you were able to see that. We I've talked to two other people, uh, both in, in Italy, researchers that are that were able to confirm what you have found that animals eating fresh food had a more diverse microbiome and what they would call healthier species. So that's really what's so exciting is all of these independent researchers are coming up with the same conclusions worldwide, which really, for me, as a passionate fresh feeder, it provides a little bit more confidence for people thinking, I don't know if this is a good choice for my pet. You're able to see the microbial advantage of nourishing an animal the way that nature intended. And I think that that's really awesome. So then along that same vein, if you can determine then what's, what a healthy microbiome is for dogs and cats, two questions. If you have a sick dog or cat, then do you, do you reseed with certain strains that help them overcome or and then do you have certain strains that are just good for maintenance i mean do you have a maintenance product and a recovery product or how do you decide what strains to to go with yeah that's a great question i mean ultimately that's our aim is to create both maintenance and recovery products but because most of these beneficial microorganisms haven't been cultivated yet and we're still um, working on getting the um, research funds to be able to do that ourselves we started with basically offering an oral fecal transplant capsule. So basically it's stable room temperature and it can be given at home. And this allows us to, to accomplish several things. One is um, it's more convenient and less invasive than having to have it be done in an office via enema. Um, also all our material is screened. So we can, because it's stable for a, for a long time, we can actually make sure every batch is tested before it goes out the door because the last thing a sick animal needs is to get exposed to pathogens. And this is obviously a very labor-intensive approach, but it's literally the only way to get these organisms today. Yeah, it, well, it is. And what's great is that you've done it in such a convenient fashion. So let's talk a little bit about what those capsules are, because I think even for veterinarians, you know, uh, when, when I suggest fecal transplant or microbiome restorative therapy, many veterinarians, that's a new, it's new concept to them. And it can be uh, a little overwhelming. In fact, sometimes veterinarians say to me, oh, it's because you're whole, oh, you're one of those holistic people. I'm like, no, actually, I'm one of those common sense people. But have you run into veterinarians that have been slightly confused about this approach? Or are, does, are you feel that, that veterinarians are evolving to understand the brilliance of what your program offers? We've been doing a bunch of surveys, both with holistic and conventional veterinarians. And I would say, I think something like five percent of conventional veterinarians think it's a disgusting idea but surprisingly maybe 95 percent of them were very open to it a lot of them weren't familiar with it uh, whereas holistic veterinarians are much more familiar with the idea whether or not they are actually using them in practice yet of course there's some that holistic veterinarians who perform thousands of these procedures and um, i think it and it actually in veterinary medicine 
fecal transplants have been performed for livestock for hundreds of years, particularly for sheep and other ruminants, because they can't actually digest cellulose without these microorganisms. There's a long history, but in human medicine, it's been practiced for a thousand years in Chinese medicine. And, you know, over the last uh, maybe 70 years in, in Western medicine, it's become very standard practice for treating Clostridium difficile or C. diff infections. And these doctors are finding more than a 90% efficacy for treating this really life-threatening condition that's actually growing in, in incidence in, in the U.S. today. Yeah, you bet. And so why is, I know why your work is so critically important, but Holly, when you're talking to maybe other, either pet parents or professionals that aren't familiar with the, the how vitally important our microbiome is and our pet's microbiome is to their overall health and immune function, actually cognitive function, behavior, so many different. Our microbiome plays into so many different aspects of health. Um, how do you go about teaching people why this is so important? I usually have to start with even just saying what the microbiome is because a lot of us don't tend to think of ourselves as being a multi-species organism, which we actually are. So we you know, and our pets are carrying around thousands of organisms that play these critical roles for digestion and the nutrition we're able to extract from food, as well as like the, our immune system. You know, there's a lot of immune function happening in the gut. And then there's growing research about the nervous system and how it interacts with the central nervous system and sort of this gut brain axis. And there's many studies showing that anxiety can be related to imbalances in the gut microbiome. They've been able to make mice anxious by transferring microbiomes in the laboratory, even obesity. So microbiomes that have overrepresentation of certain bacterial groups are more thrifty and able to extract more nutrients or more, probably more calories from food. And that means that they, you might be more likely to gain weight. It seems like more and more both we're realizing that Lots of things that we're doing in medicine today can be harming, or also just in food, um, can be harming the microbiome in unintended ways, but also we're realizing more and more how foundational it is for health. Yeah. So are you, is your suggestion, I'm a, of course a proactive veterinarian, so my suggestion would be to my clients, if you really want to get a glimpse of how your dog or cat's doing immunologically, test, find out. And even for myself, I, I sequence myself every six months to just see where I'm at. And it's very interesting because if I fall off the wagon and if I don't exercise or I'm not eating healthfully, it's, it shows up very quickly in, in, in your microbiome test. And likewise, when you are nourishing your body well and you are doing things to intentionally create a healthy gut, then of course though that can be tested. Is your suggestion for pet parents to, um, to test, to, for baseline testing, or how do you use testing or screening versus, versus the therapy? Is it, do you, are you suggesting vets do before and after testing, or just depends on what clients want? We think that this is really going to be a great tool for managing wellness and avoiding the development of chronic conditions. Today, most people who come to us really are trying to deal with a chronic condition that already exists, but we're, we're really hoping that as people learn more and more about this, they'll realize that if we can avoid these conditions to start off with, it's the best thing for health. And when, yeah, it's true for, for people as well as pets, you can really look at these, see these effects of diet and lifestyle coming up in the microbiome. I know there's a lot of research showing that drinking alcohol harms the microbiome, and some of us that's hard for us to adjust to. Um, 
and the amount of vegetables we eat, the number of different kinds of vegetables can affect it. Yeah. Um, and definitely we're finding that like fresh food, raw fed animals see a benefit. Exercise is really important. There's sort of a lot of research going on around that. So you need to get out and exercise and, and that actually you can see an effect there. So we think that this, um, we're starting to get insights from, from this data that we are able to share with people that I think can help them to improve the composition of, of microbes in the gut. And, um, and of course, this includes diet and lifestyle. Yeah. So if a pet has a GI issue, vomiting, diarrhea, gas, bloating, intermittent soft stool, IBS, IBD, gastritis, enteritis, colitis, would you, would, if they just want to do a fecal transplant, is that, I mean, it, my suggestion would be that you test, treat, and then retest. So you have a barometer of where you've been and where you're going. Because I think sometimes we assume, okay, I'll do one round of microbiome restorative therapy and I should be fine. But some of my patients aren't fine after one run. What is your suggestion in terms of treatment without necessarily sequencing and then duration of treatment? How long do people use microbiome restorative therapy for? We really do prefer the doing the before and after testing so you can see how they're responding to it. I think likewise, you know, we can spend a lot of money on certain diets and supplements and not know if it's having the intended effect. And this is a way to sort of monitor that. And also we find that sometimes we might shift to a different donor um, depending on the results that, that, they're, that we're seeing. And we can look at which bacteria are missing from like your pet and then choose a donor based on that. I mean, we're still early for that kind of donor matching, but we're collecting the data and that's really where we're hoping to go is to design tailored therapies in the future. That's so exciting. That really is. Because what you're doing is you're customizing therapy for, for each patient, which is where I think, you know, which is where medicine needs to go. There's no such thing as cookie cutter therapy across the board. And the fact that, that you're headed down kind of specialized microbiome receding is really brilliant. I'm excited. I'm really excited for your future work. So Holly, if there's one thing or two things that you'd like kind of the world to know, what are your thoughts? I know you're passionate about uh, maintaining health from the inside out, but is there any last thoughts or concluding remarks you'd like to share? The main message is that it, it takes guts to be healthy and, and we need to take care of our guts and our pets' guts because it's foundational to our health. Yeah, it is. Well, you, what you're doing is brilliant and incredibly exciting for me as an integrated practitioner because not only are you beginning to provide that specialized treatment, but it's certainly non-toxic. It resonates with the body and it has such a profound effect over so many different Issues. I mean, like you said, behavioral GI, but also organ function, immunologic function, just across the board. I think that we're just beginning to realize how critical the work that you're doing is. So I applaud you and support you, and I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with our listeners and readers. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Dr. Becker. I'm, it's a thrill to meet you. <laughs>